Welcome in to another edition of the Two Bros Talking Sports Podcast. We have postseason uh, baseball coming up, college football in mid-swing. Uh, we will stick to that this episode, hopefully baseball and college football. Uh, we'll start here with baseball, but first to start out this week, we do have a new segment on the show. It is called Clown Club. Uh, basically, you get to go ahead and nominate anybody who made a bonehead play or just did something dumb. Uh, they're going to join the Clown Club. So we'll start that segment out today. Uh, Michael, Clown Club nominations for the week. Uh, I'm going uh, NBA. I'm going the fight between Poole and Draymond Green. Um, I get that the guys are, are, you know, do some fighting and stuff like that in, in practice and whatnot. Like, you keep it all in-house, all that stuff. But that was a sucker punch. That was on his chin. That knocks boxers out. That was crazy. I I don't know. I'm, I'm putting Draymond and Poole in that club. Sounds like Poole's talking some major shit, and Draymond wasn't hearing it, so that happened. And, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes that makes uh, locker rooms stronger, and sometimes that makes locker rooms uh, more divided. So we'll have to see how that goes. But I'm, I'm definitely going you cannot be punching your teammate in the – like in the chin, like on the button, like that. Yeah, uh, Jordan Poole definitely had it coming uh, <laughs> based off of the multiple reports on Twitter and everything. He was saying basically just being a cocky prick about money, and Draymond's like, dude, like, welcome to the club. You know, me, Clay, Steph, we've had money for five, ten years now. So, um, you know, there was reports about him just, just constantly just kind of just being an arrogant prick. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jordan Poole is new to the, going to be new to the money world and definitely an ascending player in the league and probably the future of that franchise. But for right now, you know, Steph and Clay and Draymond, they can argue, dude, we're not going anywhere. We just want another championship. I think that, what is that, number four? Four. Four for them? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying this is probably going to be Draymond's last year uh, in Golden State. Um, there, there's speculation about that. There's speculation he wants to go to Lakers, but, you know, anybody with a big name, there's speculation they want to go to the Lakers. There's speculation Giannis wanted to go to the Lakers. There's speculation um, Jalen Brunson might be going to the Lakers. Obviously, Russ is there, and there's a lot of speculation he's going to get moved for something big. So I don't buy that he wants to go to the Lakers, but there, there definitely is some talk that this could be Draymond's last year in Golden State just because he's not, you know, he for the price that you paid him getting older, he's not necessarily worth it. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe me. I totally understand. And we'll get into NBA more as it goes. Um, but yeah, it was definitely not a good look for the uh, for the Warriors. So Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, welcome to the Clown Club. You are the first members of the Clown welcome. Club. Welcome. Uh, my first nomination for the Clown Club, uh, Michael. I'll let you guess here. He he was a lockout closer, uh, probably a couple years ago even, but he's been good for a long time. Uh, he's getting older. hasn't hasn't been what he's what he's been. But flamethrower. Do you have any guesses? Aroldis Chapman, he is Uh-oh. joining the Clown Club. Uh, he has been left off the postseason roster for the Yankees uh, because he decided just to skip a mandatory workout. He said, I'm Aroldis Chapman, I'm good enough, I don't need to show up. So uh, he's not on the postseason roster for the Yankees, and pretty. I mean, this is his contract year, I believe, with the Yankees as well, so he's pretty much done with the Yankees. Uh, Aroldis Chapman, you're, you're not as good as you used to be. You probably should show up for those mandatory We're not bigger than the game, right? You're not bigger than the game. Nobody is. Yeah, so Aroldis Chapman, not a huge, huge news story here, but you're part of the Clown Club. Why? Why do we have to skip a workout right before the postseason? Uh, Michael, do you have any other nominations? No, no, that's, that's what I got All so right, far. I got two more. One serious one, one not so serious. Okay. But uh, the okay. next next nomination is uh, Phil Matten of the Houston Astros. Did you see what he did? Uh, he decided to Devin Williams a locker. Oh, okay. So after the final uh, outing of his of the regular season against the Phillies, uh, he decided to punch a locker with his throwing hand, and now he broke that hand and is out for the postseason. Uh, he was upset about that outing, and he was also upset about his ERA. He had his ERA down to 3.50, and he said with a good um, a good outing could have got it lower, but he gave up two runs in that outing, got it up was to that about something four with his contract. I don't know. But uh, he came out and said that he, it was selfish and it was uh, something he regrets. But you know what I and I never understand with these guys. Phil Madden being the second year in a row, this has happened last year. Devin Williams, I was having. Why are you punching with your good arm? 
you know, punch with, punch with your off arm, dude, and if you break that hand, you can make it work. I, I do wonder if he hit it like Devin Williams did, where he's like, I kind of showed up and tried to throw him, like, yep, this ain't gonna work. But uh, why are you punching with your strong arm? And, and the reason they do that, and, and I totally understand, the reason they do that is because that's their dominant hand. That's the, like if you're going to punch something, that's what you're punching That with. arm is worth millions of dollars. Totally, totally get it. But they don't think about that in, in, the, uh, in the heat of the moment. So yeah, that, I, I can test that is why they, they're doing it. Uh, there's no other explanation. Yeah, and real quick, so just, just to tell you how important Phil Matten is to this Astros bullpen. He pitched in 67 games this year. Again, he had an ERA around four, but had been pitching so well for the last... of the games. Yep, so had been pitching Wonder. well the last uh, you know month of the year. Um, but last year in the postseason, he pitched in 12 games, so obviously very uh, experienced postseason, and ERA under one in the postseason. So definitely the guy that they were probably going to lean on because he's been there, done that, as a lot of the Astros have. But uh, Phil Matten, instead of being in the clubhouse, you are now going to be... Clown Club. Ouch. Uh, my last nomination for the, the new Clown Club, I don't know the name. I, I, I literally don't know a single thing about this guy, but there was an Oklahoma fan crying in the stands while they were losing uh, to Texas in their 49 to nothing onslaught. Uh, only thing I'm going to say about that, you are a grown-ass man, and you are crying in the stands. I probably haven't cried about a game since the 2014 NFC Championship game. Uh, get a hold of yourself, brother. So, that, that, so you legitimately cry? Yeah, I was 15. That was not a good day. Okay. Okay. There were some things thrown, and yeah. Sure. Sure. I mean, that was a meltdown. It was meltdowns, and I, I mean, the Packers meltdown. Why couldn't I have a meltdown? What's the sure. difference? Um, I don't know the last sporting event I cried for. Um, I know, I know when Duke lost to North Carolina in the Final Four last year. I was pretty heartbroken, but I didn't cry. I found myself, gosh, I don't even, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's, if there's been a time. Um, maybe the Zion team when they lost to Michigan State. I don't know if I cried, but. Yeah, that was rough. I, I, that that I, team was good. I, I took it pretty tough, you know, as we went and saw that team at Cameron Indoor, so that, that was a tough, I don't think I cried though. I, I don't, I can't, I can't recall the last time I cried. I couldn't tell you the last time I cried in general, uh, let alone a sporting <laughs> event, but again, buddy, you're a grown ass man. Uh, I, that game was at home, so you're gonna be crying with all your fellow what? Oklahoma fans, I guess. But that, that wasn't a home game. That's a neutral site game. I mean, he's crying. There, there, there's there's half Texas fans in there. That's that's a neutral site game in Dallas or in the Cotton Bowl. But um, yeah, not a good look. Not a good look at all. Yeah, pretty embarrassing. But uh, yeah, so this will be the Clown Club. We'll nominate people once a week. You can nominate one. You can I mean, you can nominate anybody. I just nominated a fan. I know who who he is. Put somebody in there. Yeah, go ahead. How about Devontae Adams? Pushing people. He's, there's something going on in Oakland, or in, sorry, in Vegas right yeah, now. Yeah, they're losing. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's what you wanted. You wanted to be closer to home. You wanted to be closer to your family. Did you see that last play where him and Renfo ran into yeah. each other? Yeah. Not a good look. But yeah, uh, just randomly pushing a fan, or pushing a, a photographer. Yeah. Not a, not a good look. Definitely not a good look. Um, obviously, he came out and apologized. Uh, like... Adams does. I mean, I think he handled it as well as he could after the situation, but you can't do that in the middle of the situation. It just wasn't good. Yeah, I mean, Devontae's never had any problems or anything with, with fans or anything like that when he's time in Green Bay, but I think this is kind of, other than the, the couple down years with McCarthy, this is the first time that they've really lost, or had he's been adversity. a part of loss. Yeah. Um, so he was definitely frustrated. I mean, I think the, the catch that they said was incomplete, he thought he caught it. But sure. that, I mean, it, it was an incomplete pass. He bobbled it and then didn't get two feet down. But, I mean, the last thing to see of him during the game is him slamming his helmet down, and then you see that. It's just it wasn't a very good look. No. Uh, we'll get into that later uh, later in the week in our other episode. But uh, here, we're going to focus on some baseball here. Um MLB postseason, the wild card games have moved upon us. We're in the division series. We'll wrap up the wild cards quick. Uh, Cleveland over Tampa Bay, 2-0. Uh, this was a low-scoring series, to say the least. Um, the longest 0-0 game was game two in MLB postseason history. 15 innings. 15 innings. Uh, the Indians, that 
the, the thing about the Indians, they, they are a small ball team. They're not going to hit a lot of home runs. They're, they're going to score runs uh, the, the old-fashioned way. Uh, and Tampa's kind of like that, too. Sure. I, I think if you would have guessed a, a series to be a low-scoring one, this would have been the one. Um, and I mean, really, Tampa Bay didn't play bad. They lost by one run game one and one run game two, where yeah. it's like it's a marathon. But, uh, you know, good for Cleveland. We talked about them last time, the youngest team uh, in, the, in the major leagues. Uh, Terry Francona, future Hall of Famer. Uh, Jose Ramirez is a great player. Shane Bieber's a hell of a pitcher. Uh, so Cleveland, I definitely think, has a chance against the Yankees. And also, only home team to win the series. Yep, they were the only home team to win a wild card series. They were three seed. The race were six, and a lot of people were saying it was the best six seed of all time. And yeah, I mean they they could definitely have won the series, but just fell short. Made a couple more mistakes, and my AL pick is out. Yeah, your AL pick is out. Mine is still in. My NL pick is out. But uh, we'll we'll talk about that going on here. Michael, your Blue Jays. Uh, Seattle sweeps them 2-0 in Toronto. Uh, game one. Wasn't much of a game from the start. And then game two, just an absolute collapse. Uh, yeah. Michael, get some thoughts on your Blue Jays. Yeah, I had an 8-1 lead um, in the in the 7th? 6. 6. Through 6. Through 6. Through 6 in game two, the Blue Jays were up 8-1. Uh, to one. Well, yeah, so they scored 4 in the 7th to make it 8-5. Um, then they went up 9-5 and proceeded to give up 5 in the top of the 8th. No, bottom of the 8th. Yeah, bottom of the eighth. No, it'd be it'd be top. Sorry, top of the eighth. Top of the eighth. Yikes! <laughs> top of the eighth because they're the they were the home team, and uh, they lose ten nine. It's it was pretty pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, and the Blue Jays are a young team, uh, so obviously there's always excitement with the young team going to postseason. But you just wonder if the Mariners, you know, not being there in twenty years, they're a younger team as well. Um, you know, if, if their excitement just kind of, you know, it just overmatched the Blue Jays and they just wanted it a little bit more. Um, you know, you see with younger younger teams in the postseason, yeah, they, they either really, really want it or they kind of shrink, and it seemed like Toronto shrinked in this series. Um, but we said last week uh, with Cody, you know, the Mariners are a fun team. They have a chance to win this series. They did, and now they're going to get that home playoff game that we wanted to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to say, so they, they're up 9-6, Blue Jays are up 9-6, uh, bases loaded, um, they hit a, a blooper in between short and center, Bichette and Springer collide, collide. Um, they end up scoring all three runs, Springer has to be guarded off the field, I want yeah, to say. Yeah, I believe he had a concussion. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was pretty out of it, and... Um, that really took the wind out of the sails, and I believe they, they punched another um, run through to go up 10-9, and, and, and that was it. Um, tough, tough way to go for the Blue Jays. Um, it's easy to say that they'll be back, but you never know. Um, baseball is just a weird it's, game it's where tough. it's like, you know, the White Sox said that last year, then yeah. they didn't get in this year. Yeah, so you, baseball is the hardest sport to sustain success in. Correct. Um, just because there is so many weird things that can happen, you know, with a 162-game season, injuries is a big thing, but, you know, one guy can't carry the whole way. Sure. And, and injuries throughout the season, there's going to be so much of that. Um, but, you know, obviously they have a young core. Um, I think they need some more pitching. Um, but, you know, they, they, you know, hopefully as a, you know, a fan of the Blue Jays, um, they're thinking if if the Blue Jays tasted that success, then that'll keep you know driving them, and, and they know that they left something off the table, especially with the way they lost that that second game. Yeah, and Jose Barrios was a guy for the the Blue Jays who was supposed to have a you know he was supposed to kind of lead the lead their way in pitching. He really struggled this year for whatever reason. He's he's been a good pitcher, but really struggled. Um, Moving on here, so looking at the, the AL postseason table here in the division series, we got the Yankees and the Indians, that is 2-3. And then we have the number one overall seed, the Astros, against the Mariners, who actually played game one uh, before we recorded this today. So I, the Mariners had this game the whole entire way. Uh, what, what, did it get up to 4 nothing? I, I um, did not it, see it, this game was at work. It, it might have been up to even 7-3, but the Mariners were in cruise control pretty much the whole way. Then in the ninth inning, uh, they were, I believe they were up two still. They were up 7-5. Correct. Uh, the Astros cut 7-5, had two outs. First two guys get on. They bring in Robbie Ray, the former Cy Young winner, out of the bullpen, but a guy who's pitched in the postseason. He's, I mean, he's been a good pitcher for a while. 
Uh, and Jordan Alvarez, if there's one thing that we love most is when we are right. We said <laughs> last week, we said last week Jordan Alvarez is the most underrated hitter in baseball. He comes up, two outs, two runners on, walk-off home run. Astros take game one, eight to seven. Uh, so they are up 1-0, and then the Yankees and the Indians are playing as we speak. The Indians currently lead one nothing off a home run from Stephen Kwan in the top of the third inning. Yeah, so I, I do want to say... We don't talk about the things that we say wrong on here, you know, but you are definitely going to hear it when we call something right. It is going, you are going to hear about it. We are not afraid to tell you I told you so, okay? Definitely not. You called Jordan Alvarez being a, a, being a fantastic hitter. He's a monster. And comes up, two on. Two outs. Two outs, jacks it out of here. 8-7, ball game, Astros up one nothing. And, and that game might just been, you know, the Astros have been there, done that. You know, I've sure. said that a couple times, but the sure. Mariners obviously haven't been here in 20 years. The Astros have been to three World Series, I think, in the last six, seven years. And in a, so if Mariners, they know how to win. If Mariners, Mariners win that game in a five-game series, you already take one on the road. Like, that yep. That was a huge, you know, uh, change of tides in that in that series. Yeah, I am excited to see a postseason game in Seattle, but uh, – Tomorrow's definitely or it's going to be it, tough. It, to it, it's tool. it's a must-win game two for Seattle. Yeah, um, they definitely feel like they let this one slip out of the fingers. Uh, moving on to the NL side, first off, we had the Cardinals and the Phillies. Uh, the Cardinals were my team in the NL that I said you know might sneak in because baseball wants to do. They they know how to win in the postseason, but man, they they're done. They struggle. I mean, the Phillies the Phillies are weird. You know, they they they, they struggled to get in, but they got a bite of that apple and they are playing really well right you now. You see it in baseball all the time. Just get in. If you just get in, some weird things happen. Pitcher gets hot. Hitters start hitting. Hitting's contagious. Like weird things happen. And um, yeah, they they put the they put the Cardinals down pretty easily. Well, and the Phillies have a good lineup. We've always said that it's just been their bullpen and defense that's really struggled with them. Um, I will say it was you know Yachty and uh, Albert both end with hits to end their career. Uh, so that's a cool. Cool thing for Cardinals fans to see. Uh, Pujols had a could have been a double, but just hit off that short uh, kind of kick out in left field for a single. Then I believe Yadi had a single as well. But uh, the Phillies, uh, they they are playing well and they, they move on to face Atlanta in the DS. Uh, the second wild card series was the Mets and the Padres. Uh, the Padres prevailed in this one in a game three, the only one to actually go to three games. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Mets were my team earlier in the year. Uh, I, I will say this. I literally feel like the Mets did exactly what the Brewers did last year. Where sure. they played so well for so long, and then September they, they really just, just bad struggled streak, yeah. and struggled, and then it carried in the postseason. And, um, you know, they ran into the wrong team. The Padres really struggled in that in the Hader and the Soto trade at the start, but they're playing really good baseball well right now, too. Manny Machado had a really good series. Um, the Padres have a roster to do it, but now they face the Dodgers, a team they've really struggled against. I believe they were like 5-14 and 14 against them this year. But the Padres are a team that they, they've got players and have a chance. Yeah. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this as I was you know, thinking about things to talk about today. And this strikes me as one of those series that if the Mets get past the Padres, I think it's going to be a really difficult series against the Dodgers. But because they don't, and the Padres and the Dodgers play against each other all the time, right? Because they're in they're in the same division. The Padres know that they have no chance in this series. The Dodgers know that they are their little brother, and they're gonna smack them around a little bit. I've got the Dodgers winning this in in three. I got them sweeping. I, I got them sweeping. See, the thing about the Dodgers is, yes, I mean, they're the Dodgers. They have a lot of good players. They've won the most games this year. But in, in listening to Harold Reynolds on MLB Network talk about this, after, you know, the three future Hall of Famers possibly, with Betts and Freeman are Hall of Famers, Trey Turner's going to have a chance to be a Hall of Famer if he continues to play the way that he does, they, there is a drop-off. I mean, there's guys that can do it. But the, the thing with the Dodgers is their bullpen isn't as great as it's been in years past. They don't really have a closer. Craig Kimbrell, Kimbrell has really struggled. Um but yeah, I I'm taking I'm, the Dodgers I'm, here, but I, I think I think it could be stretched out to four games. I'm I'm not I'm not talking about just winning the whole I'm talking about the confidence against the Padres and the Padres' lack of confidence against the Dodgers. I think that is going the mental side of this, Dodgers all the way. I think with the way the Padres are playing right now, they, they, they feel a little more confident than they would against the Dodgers, but in the past 
I think I think they get a game. I do. Whether it's at home or LA, I'm not really sure. Um, but I think that the way they're playing, they are feeling confident. They are starting to hit better. Haters been better out of the bullpen. They they're playing better. I think they can get a game from this series. Okay. Uh, the other series we have here is the Atlanta Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies. We talked earlier uh, about the Phillies, how they have been playing well. They took care of the Cardinals with nobody's business. Uh, they actually did play. They were the first game of the D yesterday, and they went out and they kicked the crap out of the Braves. A, a surprising win. Well, um, I mean, the Braves did come back at the end of that game. Oh, uh, they kicked the crap out of them. They came back. They kicked the crap What was the final? 7-6? to six? Phillies had it. Okay. Phillies well, had that game. Um... Yeah, the Phillies have hitters, and that's the thing. It just all comes down to the bullpen. Bryce Harper uh, had, a, had a big home run in the Cardinals series. He, he's playing well again. JT Realmuto, uh, he's probably their MVP of that team this year because Bryce Harper was hurt so much. And then Gene Segura is also playing really well. Had a good series against the Cardinals. Had an RBI single today as well, too. Um, they chased uh, Max Fried out of the game. It, it, it's all going to come down to what – what the Phillies can do and if they can protect the leads and play good defense, which I don't, you know, again, this is just a best of five, so you only got to win three games, but the Braves are the better team here. The Braves are a lot of people's picks to get to the World Series. Got to go out there and do it. Anything else baseball you want to talk about? No, I think, I, you know, the, I think that's kind of the, the rundown where we kind of think things are going. Um, the Phillies are probably the hottest team right now. Yeah, it's crazy to say because they, 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 they tried everything in, in their yeah, power in. to get the Brewers in. And the yeah. Brewers then take advantage, and then the Phillies limped in. So uh, for the series, I'm going to take Astros. Uh, I'm actually going to take Indians. I'm going to take the Indians over the Yankees. I'm going to take Astros, Indians, uh, Braves, and Dodgers. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, still, think, I still think the Yankees are going to show their, show their power. I'm going Astros. Uh, then Yankees, and then I'll go uh, Dodgers, and then Phillies. All right, he's taking the Phillies. The so the Phillies and the Indians are the or Guardians, excuse me. Yeah. Are the only teams that we disagree on? I'm, I, whatever. Throw a quarter in the bucket right, or whatever. Right. But it's it's Indians, Guardians, whatever to me. But um, I do want to bring up one more point about the Mets and the Yankees. Do you feel that the Mets were feeling the pressure of the New York media? No. 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 Okay. All right. No, I just, I just think down the line, Starling Marte getting, getting hurt really didn't help them. And then Scherzer and DeGrom were both kind of banged up a little bit. So injury, that, injury that, media, that media was talking about them being a World Series uh, contender. I mean, yeah, and, they, they won 100 games. Well, I get that, but they were talking about it 20 games into the season. That's a lot of pressure to put on a team. And it's, I'm telling you, it's that New York media. They, they, they're relentless. Michael's obsessed with the New York media. I, I hate them. They're, rel- they're relentless. He's obsessed with it. But, uh, yeah, so we'll wrap up baseball here, short little baseball talk. Uh, you know, next week we'll probably talk to continue this if we have any CS matchups or anything like that. But uh, we'll wrap up baseball here. We will move on to college football. We're back here with our college football talk. We're living in a college football world where uh, Kansas, Illinois, Syracuse are all ranked. Uh, couldn't even tell you the last time that has happened. Probably maybe has never happened. Is Kansas still ranked? Kansas is, yeah. They're still ranked. All right. They didn't move in the polls. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, that's the world we're living in here. And uh, we're going to start off here. I have an axe alert. Whoa. I have an axe alert. Week six axe alert? Week six axe alert. No, actually, for the first week and probably three weeks, no major college power five football coach was fired this did week. You, did but you, I'm putting somebody okay, on axe so alert. So real quick, did you notice that Wisconsin, W. Arizona State, yeah, W. Yeah, they went over Washington, right? Yeah, yeah, W. Washington, what the what hell, the man? String quarterback. What the hell? Um... Georgia Tech's 2-0. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. These, these schools, I don't know how Colorado... Nebraska, Nebraska had a big old win against Nebraska, Rutgers. Nebraska's partying like, in the end zone. I don't know if Colorado played. I'd have I to believe look they up. lost. Oh, all right. Well, then I guess that, that does hurt. No, Colorado didn't play. All right. So they so didn't they lose. lose. <laughs> they didn't lose. But, uh, so lose. I'm going to go ahead. We're going to put an axe alert down. So axe alert commence. My axe alert... 
I'll let Michael kind of guess here. It's a Power 5 school. Well, really? Yep. We only talk Power 5s. He's been their coach since about 2011, 2010. He's been there a while. He is an alum of the school. He has a career record of 94 and 49. Uh, it is a Pac-12 school. Yeah, no, it is crickets. I am putting Stanford head coach David oh, Shaw, David Shaw on okay. Axler. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let, let's start here. I don't think David Shaw is a bad coach, but I think he has run his course at Stanford. Now, Stanford is Stanford. You but, could very but, well say that he did whatever he did with Harbaugh's players, Harbaugh's recruits. Uh, but he's had some 10-win seasons. He has. Af yeah. Long after Harbaugh's, okay. Harbaugh's recruits. I, okay. I did some research on him today, and I'll pull it up again. But, um... David Shaw, first off, okay, hasn't been to a bowl game since 2018. That's not good. That's not good. Now, the COVID year was different. Sure. Uh, the COVID year was actually his last time he had a winning season. He was 4-2 and two that year. <laughs> so that's not looking good. Okay. Currently making $9 million. Yeah, that's... It's a big contract. That's too much. Um, so his last 10-win season was 2016. Uh, and let's see here. What do I got right now? David Shaw. Since 2019, he is 12-23. and 23. Like I said, last 10-month season was 2016, and the loss this week against Oregon State was hard to watch. Did you see how that game ended? I heard about it. They were up 27-22. I was not up at 2.30 With 20 seconds left. Oregon State, who is a decent program this year. They've, they've yeah. had some nice wins. Yeah. Uh, so it would have been a good win for a struggling Stanford team who was 1-4, I believe, on the year now. Uh, they're up 27-22 with 20 seconds left. Oregon State on their own 45. So Oregon State's 45. They gave up a 55-yard touchdown to lose 28-27. It was a play where the cornerback had no clue where the ball was. Literally it looked like it was a back shoulder. Literally thrown over his head. He's looking around like where's And the safety just stopped. Yeah. Uh, David Shaw, you've won a lot of games, almost 100 now. Uh, you obviously got to coach Andrew Luck. You know, Jim Harbaugh was there, but Andrew Luck, uh, Kevin Hogan was there, Davis Mills was there. His hat's a decent McCaffrey? talent. Christian McCaffrey. Bryce uh, Love? Bryce Love. Who was the other running back? I feel like Toby Gerhardt was there. I don't know if that was know, David Shaw. But, I mean, yeah, David yeah, Shaw was probably yeah. there. Yeah. So, he's, he, you know, Stanford's actually a program for being as high academic as they are. Has had a good yeah. football program for a while. Um, but David Shaw, I think it's time. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Because uh, he is an alum, and that probably isn't the easiest place to recruit. It, 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 can't, it can't be. With, with four, and eight, four and two, three and nine, one and four, uh, yikes. Yeah. And you're making $9 million doing that. Right. My thing about, about Stanford is I don't know if Stanford's administration cares enough. Like, I just don't, I, I, I don't know that they have this rabid football base, fan base, that cares that much. And I don't want to say cares, but it's, it's just it's just weird because like Stanford's been a good football program for a long time. You know what I mean? They've had success, so I, I find it hard to believe they don't care, but I get what you're saying. I, I just, yeah, I want to just say their fan base is not a Texas, a U. No, absolutely You not. know, these, these power schools, even Nebraska you could put in there where they're ex the expectations well, because Nebraska lives in the nineties. No, I get that. I get that. But you can you can say it about Florida State, Florida. I mean these schools that have been up powers and then kind of gone back a little bit and they're trying to put themselves back in that category. I just don't know what their fan base truly thinks Stanford's supposed to be. Now, do I think that they're supposed to be an under five hundred team? No. They, I don't I don't agree with that. But I just don't think that they think they should be contending nine, ten wins every year. I mean, but when you're getting four and three, that's tough. But, I mean, you're not even really contending at all for nine, ten wins right now. You're, you know yeah. what, Stanford fans, you'd probably be happy with the bowl game right now because I don't yeah. know if it's going to happen this year. No, I probably um, won't. We'll just recap a couple things from the college football world this week. A uh, couple of notes. Let's, well, we can get in that game later because it was part of our picks, but Alabama, Texas A&M. Okay. Bryce Young is out. Texas A&M has a chance to win the game at the end. I actually wasn't watching this game. I was up north this weekend. I was watching the Cardinals game on my phone, and 
Patton's friend of the program, uh, runs out of the shower. Dude, he's like, dude, Alabama's going to lose. I'm like, what the hell? So I put it on. We see the last play. That was probably the worst play call I've ever seen in my life. So we'll Absolutely awesome. So we'll set this up. We're on the right hash. Okay? We're on the right hash. Probably, was it three-yard line? Probably the three-yard line from the right hash. And you throw a two-yard pass to the right sideline. Doesn't get to the end zone. And, he, and he, it's thrown out of bounds. What, 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 what's the play call? Well, and like you said, first thing that's the dumbest. Even if he catches that ball, it's not a touchdown. It is. He, he's not in the end zone. The ball's not going to get in the end zone. His feet might have been in it, but the ball's not in there. So I get why they didn't want to throw all the way to the left side. Because on that right hash mark, you have a, what, he's probably a third-string quarterback by now? Sure. Um, you don't want to throw all the way across because that's a long throw. There's a think, lot of possibilities for it to get picked. It's their second string. But throw some, get something crossing across the middle. Uh, you know, run run an RPO or something. It, it was literally just a two-step drop, three-step drop, throw to the corner, and it wasn't even you know one-on-one. -on -one. It wasn't even like a, a jump ball for your receiver to get a chance. You literally gave your receiver no chance. And this was supposed to, like this was a big game for AM because it's Jimbo versus Saban and all yeah, that yeah, talk yeah. and. Then they're actually in the game at the end, which nobody thought was going to be hap was going to even yeah, happen, even right. without Bryce Young in the game. Everybody thought Alabama would still steamroll them, and then you do that. Yeah, like I said, if 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 you're at the two or three, I think it was the three yard line because there was a pass interference in the end, so I think it goes to the three yard line. And there's three seconds left, four seconds left. You've got to at least throw it to the end zone, right? Like you have one chance. If you don't throw it to the end zone, Why are we it's not even getting there. Okay, if you're golfing, okay, and you're trying to make a putt, if you don't get it to the hole, it can't go in. Never leave, leave an eagle putt short. You, you, right, like it just it doesn't make any sense. Now, I understand, like you said, what they were trying to do, but you also ran it to the, to the short side of the field. Yes, you have a right-handed quarterback, but you have Haynes King in there. He can he can he can run the ball. RPO. Yeah, he can he can run the ball. You literally just said, "All right, I got one wide receiver, and I need one guy to make a play didn't versus make a one guy." And you didn't even, you didn't even do a jump ball. Right. You threw a bullet in there. Uh, it, it just it made no sense, and that's that's Jimbo Fisher's offense to a T. It doesn't make any sense, so they lose. That's I don't know. That's pretty much how it happens. Yeah, I, I, the fact that they were in the game was impressive, but again, you're not playing Alabama's top court. Bryce Young's in that game, you're probably down four touchdowns by that point. Well, but, um, okay, so moving on here, we talked a little about it before. Uh, Texas just absolutely destroyed Oklahoma in the Red River showdown, shootout, whatever they call it these days. Red uh, River rivalry. Uh, the yeah. one thing I'm going to say about this game, Quinn Ewers makes a huge difference for Texas. Sure does. That, that kid is a quarterback, and I, I, I didn't read the article today, but I saw an article on The Athletic it said, did Arch Manning underestimate Quinn Ewers? Because if Quinn Ewers keeps playing like this, Arch Manning isn't so, going to be playing at Texas anytime so soon. What is, what is, okay, so Quinn Ewers spent one year at Ohio State. And just back up before that, he was the, he's the highest yes. ever rated quarterback according to 247 Sports.com. Okay. Ever. Yeah. So like he, Andrew Luck territory. So he spends one year at Ohio State. Does he redshirt? I don't know. He saw the Stroud guy. He's like, shit, I ain't playing for a while. This Stroud guy, Stroud guy's pretty good. So then he transfers to Texas. And so how many years left does he have at Texas? I, I believe he still would have four. But, I mean, he's going to be leaving early. I mean, this well, kid's right. good. Oh, 100%. 100% understand. So this is year one. He, he probably has four years of eligibility. So he could play for four more years, including this one. No. So after this year, it would be three. But, I mean, he's not going to stay. But... Quinn Ewers makes a big difference to this Texas team. Uh, Texas has playmakers in Bijan Robinson as well. Their defense has proven that it can be pretty They're playing good. better. They're playing um, better. You know, when looking at the the, the Big Twelve is really interesting. It might it, it's probably the best conference in college football right now in terms of like depth. There isn't any Vanderbilts or anything like that. The worst team in it record wise is West Virginia at two and three. Now Oklahoma's looked really bad the last three games. But they're still Oklahoma. You still have four-star, five-star guys. It's a new coaching. We knew, we figured this would yeah. probably be a, a weird and, year for Oklahoma. And they were, they were with their backup quarterback. Correct. And then Iowa State's 0-3 as well. But Iowa State's not a terrible team. They've no. lost a lot of close games. No. But, I mean, Kansas State ranked. Oklahoma State ranked. TCU ranked. Kansas ranked. Texas ranked. Baylor was ranked all year. Texas Tech's 
you know, they've fringe ranked, yeah. Yes, and they're playing with a backup quarterback as well. So mm-hmm. the Big 12 has actually been really impressive this year to me. Yeah. Actually, Texas Tech is on their third-string quarterback right now. Yeah. Ben Smith was their backup because Tyler Shuck got hurt earlier in the year. And they still have a chance. They, they, yeah. you know, the, the Big 12 is actually really impressive. It just year. it just shows that uh, Texas lost to Texas Tech. That is so Texas. But, but I, get, I get it. I get it. But you still got to win that game. You gotta, you gotta find a way to win that game. You got playmakers. You just talked about Bijan Robinson. You got a uh, decent defense. You got two wide receivers in in Whitting, Whittington and Worthy that you can use. You have to use that talent, and and they just mm, uh, we're Texas, you know. We, well, th- we think we're there, then we're not, and we think we're there, then we're not. Like I'm just. It's so up and down with them. I mean, I'll put a hot take out. I think with Quinn Ewers on the on the field healthy, I think they're a top ten team in the country. They're good. I I, I think you could argue that. I mean, he's shown that in the, in the few games that he's played. Because um, I don't think anybody's. Exp- I mean, I think people thought Texas would win, but not forty nine nothing. Right. No, I understand. Like I said, I'm talking about the Texas Tech game. You can't lose that game. You know, you you got a chance to win to to be in a New Year's Six Bowl game if you win that. And, I mean, they still have a chance in the, in the, in the Big 12. Uh, there's three teams that have defeated, TCU, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Eventually, those teams are going to meet up. Everybody plays everybody. That's Correct. the beauty about the Big 12 is that there's only 10 teams in the conference, and they play nine conference games. It is a round robin. You play everybody once. That is the beauty about the Big 12. Yeah, so, I mean, really, yes, you want to win that game, but it it doesn't necessarily hurt you as long as you keep yeah. winning the Winning games right. going forward. No, I get it. Uh, any other storylines we're missing that you got written down for college football? No, no. It was basically, like I said, just our, just our picks. Okay, we'll go through. We'll move on our picks here, then. So, first one we had number seventeen TCU at Kansas, um, back and forth game. Kansas, Nineteen, the newly ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Can, that out. Kansas. Quarterback gets hurt. He's out for the year, I saw today as well. Jim I Jim. also saw a tweet that came out that said it was news to him that he's out for the year. So I don't know if he's out for the year. I couldn't um, tell you. I did see as well the Lance Leipold effect. They are planning on a huge upgraded stadium. Yeah, 300 mil. Football. So Lance Leipold, I, I don't think he's going to be leaving anytime soon. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I think with, and we'll talk about this later, but we'll talk about this on the next episode, but Matt Rule... He's going to be coming back to college. He's going to get a job somewhere. I think that could kind of get Leipold off the hook, and he'll stay at Kansas. But anyways, go ahead with the game. Yeah, so this one ends uh, 38-31 TCU. It was a back-and-forth game. Um, The spread was TCU minus 7, so it didn't matter who he picked. It was a push. It was a push. I know I took Kansas in this game. Michael took took TCU, TCU, but... Um, you know, this this was a fun game. Even I mean, halftime was ten to three, then it turned out to be yeah, thirty eight yeah. thirty one. But it opened I mean, up. credit to Kansas with, with having a quarterback get hurt and just making adjustments, going the, out there with a the backup quarterback and balling out. Um, you know, I think both teams are legit. I think they're yeah. good teams and Sonny Dykes is doing a really nice job there in his first year at TCU and we'll talk about this at the end with just some Heisman, just some Heisman talk here, but TCU is looking good right now. But uh, yeah, so first game's a push. Yep. Our next game was Tennessee. At LSU, Tennessee favored by three going into Death Valley, LSU. Tennessee whooped them. Yeah, pretty ten- good. We looked at this game as a possible trap game because Tennessee does have a big game coming up. We'll talk about that one later. But, I mean, Tennessee went out there and did what Tennessee's done all season. A uh, friend of the pod, Carter, texted me. He uh, said something like, this is the first time I watched te- Tennessee all year. He goes, damn, Hennon Hooker is good. Like he, he is. He's right he there. The, the deep ball for a touchdown was, oh, God, that was beautiful. Um, Tennessee, Tennessee's legit, and they, they have a chance to really put themselves back on the map this week. We'll talk about this game coming did up. You, did you see the start of this game or hear about the start of this game at all? I watched it a little bit on my phone. Because, okay. like I said, I was up north this weekend, so I didn't get I don't get all the channels up there, but I watched a little bit. But Tennessee, I, I turned it on. I was like, they were already kicking ass. Uh, LSU kicked off. Um, Fumble, or I'm sorry, Tennessee kicked off. LSU fumbled the the kick, and LSU had, or sorry, Tennessee had a short field, and Tennessee goes off seven nothing really early, and the game was just a snowball effect. You know, pretty much after that. Yeah. So Tennessee is capital capital G good. Yeah. Tennessee is good. Are they back on the map. 
Tennessee's back on the map. Yeah, Josh Heupel's done a really nice job in year two here. I read a good article about him the other day just about how he's just wired different. It's like, you know, his story, he went from a, a, a Juco to Oklahoma, and then it but yeah, And he was up for a Heisman. But, but he, showed up, he showed up at Oklahoma, and he's, he was sitting in his locker room, and... You know, Oklahoma and the Josh Heupel era that year, they weren't supposed to win the national championship. No, like they no. were they were kind of on the fringe team. I think it was they, 2000. Got to, they got to yeah, it was their last one. Uh, if they got to a bowl game, people were gonna be okay with it. But first day you sit in a locker room is going, all right, how are we gonna beat this team? And all the, all of his teammates are like, dude, like we're not supposed to, like we're not gonna beat Nebraska and then they went out and they win the national championship. So Yeah, yeah he he, Heupel's a different dude, but he's a winner. He, yeah, and, and some some guys have that. Some guys have that um, just innate ability to to f find a way, whether it be a motivator as a coach or motivate yourself as a player. And I want to say in 2000, when he was up for Heisman, that was uh, Woodson um, and Peyton Manning were both also there. So he was up with the best of the best in college. And my last thing on Hypo, he was actually, this article talked about how he was supposed to be the Lincoln Riley, that when Stoops stepped down, Hypo was supposed to get the job. But when Oklahoma was struggling a little bit at the end of the Stoops era, they fired him. Wow. And Stoops talked about how it was the hardest, like the hardest thing he's ever had to do at Oklahoma. It was the worst coaching day of his life. And, you know, obviously then Oklahoma gets Lincoln Riley, but just, just a weird thing because I, you know, if he's coaching Oklahoma, he probably doesn't ever leave if he's sure. winning because sure. he's that's an alum. His, he's, yeah, that's his team. But he, he's yeah. found a he's found a spot in Tennessee, and I don't think he's gonna be leaving anytime no. soon. If he can keep the if he can keep the recruiting up to where it needs to be, um, obviously tough game this week coming up against Alabama. We'll preview that. But if he can keep putting this and and put themselves in that Georgia and Florida spot, and I mean they can they they've over, they've overtaken Florida. Obviously they um, they still. Have to no, they, no, they, they beat, beat Florida. They beat at, Florida. In, no, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. at Tennessee. Okay, at Tennessee. but they are so yeah. So they already won. I think they've already put themselves above Florida. Yeah, I agree. You know, Tennessee definitely has. But you got to keep this going. You know, Hendon Hooker's not a recruit of his. He's a transfer, transfer. from Bob Tech. So you have to keep building on this. But yeah, Tennessee is. They are they are definitely a team to watch out well, for, and, and they're fun to watch too. And the thing is, with college football, it's easier than ever to get a quarterback now because if you don't you don't get a recruit or you don't want to start a young kid, you just go to the port. Yeah, but that's um, very true. you know Tennessee, I think with we just talked about how much Hypo is a winner. I think he's going to keep this thing going. I think Tennessee finally has a coach that since um, what probably Fulmer, Phil Fulmer, yeah, that, that they love and that yeah. they want to yeah. stay in Tennessee. No, and I think it's pretty awesome because you know who who really liked Tennessee back in the day. Her mom mother she did so all right tennessee they are they are very good and they are going to be i think they're they're top you know they're they're in playoff contention they're, they're going to have alabama they're going to have georgia yet this they year yet they guess still got yeah they have they have some big games and if they run these games out or even just one loss they've got a chance to you know depending how things go they're definitely in that near six yeah you know potentially right now Next game, we had Utah um, at UCLA. Utah favored by four and a half. Trace, you took Utah. You're on UCLA's train, but you took Utah. That's fine. Tell us what happened. I mean, UCLA won. DTR's playing really good. He I is. mean, he, he's a fifth-year he player. I mean, so he should, but we'll talk about him a little bit later here. But uh, I told Michael earlier in the year, I said yeah. UCLA is not bad. And he and goes, I don't oh, get I'm it. Not, I'm not jumping on that train, but I don't get they're, it. they're finally playing just full games. And, you know, Utah, the, the thing is with Utah, they're, they're a niche. Yeah. They, they, they have to control in the trenches. They have to kind of own the own right, possession. Right there, right in the trenches. Their defensive line, so impressive, right? Like, that's that's been their calling card. Zach Charbonnet, transfer from Michigan. 22 carries, 198 yards for UCLA. Yeah, I, like, that's impressive. But that's what Chip Kelly wants to do. That's what he did at Oregon. He ran the football. He ran the football in the spread offense. And, and I think the that thing, is my 2014 offense because you run the ball out of the spread. It spreads everything out. You still run. I love it. I think the thing about Chip Kelly is, too, just because he has such a different mind than everybody else, it takes him longer to build sure. a program. So sure. who knows? He could be turning a corner at UCLA. It's always been a thing that, like, oh, we can play for a half. Uh, but he, he's finally given to play for full quarters, and they're deservingly sold. I believe they're ranked 10 in the country now and deservingly sold. They've won some big games. Yeah, it definitely was an impressive victory, especially over Utah, who 
you know, most people were picking to be a maybe playoff contender out of the Pac-12, could run the table and, and be a playoff contender. Um, well, and, uh, and, Utah, and just or, listening uh, to some UCLA people, won, won impressive some people yesterday too, you know, this is just a different year for Utah. It's kind of their first year ever being the hunted yes. in the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, they've always kind of just been the dark horse who, who kind of changes things up. So I still think Utah's a good team. They Cam, are. Cam Rising is still a good quarterback, but it's just, it's just a different year. You know, you're the hunted now. Yeah. And, and so, you know, some years, everything goes your way, you know, and, and other years it doesn't. And I think they're, they're kind of being snake bitten by that a little bit too. Um, next we had Wisconsin, minus 10. So they were, sorry, they're, sorry, they're favored by 10 at Northwestern. Trace, Cody, Penzi, Rob, y'all took Northwestern. Who was the only one that didn't take Northwestern? That was me. You know what? All I'm going to say was, it's about freaking time. It is about, about freaking time. time. It is about freaking time. Um, I'm glad I am glad I took the L on this one. Uh, just just a couple things I'm going to talk about here. First off, Bobby Ingram being on the sideline, I think that's a huge Helps. change for the Badgers. Helps. I think he has more offensive freedom now. Because I don't think he was necessarily running what he wanted to completely run sure. with Chris. Sure. I think Chris kind of had an idea and he was supposed to call. But this, this, Bobby Ingram being on the sideline is a big change for the Badgers. I think it's going to help them. Disclaimer real quick. Northwestern is bad. Yes, they're very bad. Northwestern is but not good. But you did what you're supposed to you do did. against a shitty you team. Did. You other, did. The other thing I'm going to say, okay, we've always talked about Wisconsin. What do we need to do to be able to run the ball and pass the ball successfully? Play action. Yeah. Okay? They haven't really run play action much this year. Here, here's the stat. Against Northwestern, Murph completed 7 to 10 passes off play action for 70 yards, 2 touchdowns, no picks. So he threw 10 play action passes. Through the first five games, he was 6-9. and nine. He threw more in this game than he threw any of the other five games. And look, it worked. He had two touchdowns. There now, needs uh, to be a, balance. A bit of that is is the opponent. And I, I, I don't care. I understand. But you, you threw it 10 times off play action. You did it 9 the whole year. Yeah. You're telling me in five games you did 9 play action passes. And, and um, I want to look at Chimradike's stats. I think he was like 149 and two touchdowns. 10 for 185 and three touchdowns. That, that's the breakout. That's the guy. That's, if they can get, there's nothing wrong with passing the ball more. There's nothing wrong with it. Well, I think Allen, I mean, how many carries did Allen still get? Should be right here. 23. For for one for one thirty five. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't watch much of this game. I was sitting up in a tree at this point. They were yeah. kicking them so much. I, yeah. I watched the start of it, but this is the balance that the Badgers needed. Um, you know, I, I would hate to say that they, it it happened because of Chris, but well, there's smoke, there's fire. They have to build upon this, right? They have to build upon this. This isn't this isn't a top ten team in the country or anything like that in Northwestern that you were playing. But if you build on this as Wisconsin, this can get you, you know, to start to next year, right? Like, this is getting kids confidence. This is getting some things done. But, yeah, I really liked the approach. They came out throwing the ball. It wasn't play action to start. They came out throwing the ball. And Chimri DK looked very good. It was impressive. Marcus Allen, Skylar Bell. Like, this was what they needed. Um, a good neck crack, as some might say. Uh, well, and it's a place they've struggled with a lot for, for whatever reason. So it's good to go in there and just take care of a bad team. When in you know, the past couple of years, whenever they go there, good or bad, they've always struggled. Sure, sure. Yeah, and there, there are definitely some Evanston demons for them, and they definitely got rid of those. Yeah, so, so good to see good, for the Badgers. Good good, just got to build off of it. Good win for Wisconsin. Uh, our next game was Florida State at NC State. NC State favored by three and a half. The only one to pick this right was Cody. NC State did win 19-17, but because they had to give three and a half, Florida State covers. Thoughts on this game? I mean, I think I didn't watch much of this game again. I was gone. But I think this is kind of just what NC State is. It's like yeah. they, they're never going to win pretty. It's always right. going to be an ugly game. They're going to win games. They have a quarterback who's good enough. But yeah. NC State's just not a super exciting team that's going to win games in, in big fashion. So, um you know, three and a half points isn't a lot. It's at home. You think they can take care of it. Florida State's not as bad as they've been the last couple of years, but NC State's just a team that's going to grind it out for eight, nine wins. Florida State was in field goal range or fringe field goal range at the end of this game. 
down 1917, and Travis ends up throwing up a, a back shoulder jump ball type thing that gets picked off, and that's how they lose. Like they they were probably at the 35, 40 yard line. It's a long that, field goal. It's a long field goal, but it, it was there was still a. Time left on the clock. It wasn't the last play of the game where they not picked it up. Not something a good team does. Yeah, it was not. Time. It was not. They went for it. They they went for all of it rather than putting their kicker's hand and ended up throwing a pick and lost the game. So, like you said, NC State's good enough defensively. They're good enough offensively. They're not going to beat the top five teams like they struggled against Clemson, but they're good enough to beat the other teams close in the spread. This was really a pick 'em game, and and they just did enough. So yeah. So what are our records this week, and what are our records at looking at overall? So for this week, Cody went two and two. Rob went one and three. Remember, this is all out of four because the push game, the tie game, we're just not counting. Uh, Penn's one and three. Myself was two and two. Trace is one and three. So four college records. Cody's nine and twelve. Rob is six and ten. Trace is seventeen and sixteen. Penns is ten and eleven, and I'm twenty and thirteen, so definitely leading. I mean, you're up three games. We had a long season, but uh, hey, I'm just happy. If it's I, halfway through the season. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just happy if I end the year over five hundred. I think that's good and shows we might actually know what we're talking about a little bit if we end over yeah, five hundred. Exactly. But, uh, we'll move on to this week's games. So first game. Um, so real quick. Uh, we're going to do seven games uh, this week. Uh, so we're going to do the one Wisconsin game, and then we're going to do the six top 25, top 25 matchups where both teams are ranked in the top 25. So first game is Penn, and we're going to do this every other, so you don't just keep piggybacking off of all my I picks. I piggyback off Okay, I'm just going to make sure. It's not bad when we both pick the same team because that's right. Okay, okay. I'm just it's, making you sure. You get so upset about it. <laughs> It's like, so, dude, you, you want me to pick Alabama or you want me to pick Vanderbilt? Like, chill out. I'm trying to win. <laughs> All right, so the first game is Penn State at Michigan. Is this our big noon kickoff game? Oh, God, I'm so annoyed at that. This should be a 7 o'clock, even a 6.30 ABC uh, It's not Ohio game. State, so it's not I, I get it, but it's a top 10 matchup. And you're going to, ooh, big noon. They got to get, get, get viewers Fox, for it. nobody gives a shit about the big noon games, all right? I know, get viewers. I know you're listening to our podcast here, Fox. Nobody gives a shit about your big noon games. All right. Penn State at Michigan. Michigan's favored by seven. What do you think, Tim? Uh I'm going to go ahead and take Michigan. Uh, we've talked about before how James Franklin's team seemed to kind of shrink in the big, big games. Uh, I think J.J. McCarthy's doing enough for Michigan offense where, um, you know, in Michigan, they won last week. It was kind of ugly, but they had a weird thing happen with Mike Hart. Yeah, Mike Hart that had was, a seizure. Yeah, that was uh, different. Pre-game, so whole piece. I think it was during the game. I think it was pre-game first quarter. Yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah between there. early. Whole, whole piece continuing to do well. I saw he was stable, but so I think that was just kind of a weird thing for them last week. But J.J. McCarthy's doing enough for them. Uh, obviously, they, they have Blake Corum, who's a really good uh, running back and a, and a Heisman contender. Um, out of the running backs, so I'm going to take Michigan. It is minus seven, but I think they win this game by ten to fourteen. Pens, oh, what are you doing? I think it's a, it it's a, a home I, run. I think it was a home. It's run. a home run. But anyways, I'm going to take Michigan. I think they win by ten or fourteen because it's at home too, and James Franklin just seems to really shrink in those big games. Yep. No, I understand. I do think Michigan wins this game. I'm going to take Penn State. I think it's close. I totally agree that James Franklin. Uh, struggles with those with the the big games, especially in late games. But it's got to be close for him to struggle. So I don't think that's gone. It's close. I don't think that's gone. Um, I am gonna go with. Uh, sorry, we're watching the Yankees uh, and, the, and the Guardians right now. That's a tough. Uh, look like it hit off the top of the wall. So I don't think it's a home. And run. he got thrown out at first. Uh, I'm going with, with Penn State to cover, losing probably 24-20, 20, um, keeping it close, staying under the 7. Um, I just don't like what G, uh, putting J.J. McCarthy in front of this Penn State defense. Uh, they're, they're one of those defense that doesn't have the big no-name or the big-name player, but they, they, they do it the right way. Um, so I like Penn State in this game, keeping it close, Michigan winning, but uh, 
I'm going to take them minus the 7, or plus the 7. Next game, we got Alabama at Tennessee. Alabama favored by 7.5. I'm really excited about this matchup. This is, I, th I think this is going to be a very exciting game. Do we know uh, Bryce Young, his status yet? I would imagine that he's going to play. I mean, okay. this, is, this is a huge game for them. And last week he was considered day to day. They sat him out last week. I, if I had to guess, I would say he's going to play. Okay. But I, again, that's, don't write that in stone or right. use an eraser or use a pencil. Yeah. Could change. If this game was at, and th this is the advantage that the the listeners have over us since we're picking games on Tuesday night and they're picking games, they just need them in by, by Saturday. Um, Alabama favored by, by seven and a half, I think, is, is obviously it's a big, uh, you know, a touchdown and more. You're giving me a home dog at home. I just, I feel like the energy is there right now in Tennessee. This could be crazy, but I don't think that Alabama has the receiving core to, to, I don't want to say keep up because I think Al I think it's going to be a close game, but the fact that Tennessee is so good offensively, and you're giving me points and it's going to be a shootout, I like Tennessee in that game and at home. I'm going to take Tennessee. Uh, I'm going to take Tennessee as well. Uh, I also think Tennessee is going to win this game. Uh, outright. Yowzers. I do. Uh, I think that Alabama's had a lot of close calls this year, and I think this is going to be their first one where it's against a, a good team because they you know, played Quinn Ewers for about two drives. Uh, we saw what he did in those two drives. But I think Tennessee, it's their time. Uh, you know, if they want to have a chance to get into the college football playoff with a loss, they have to win two out of three between Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky. And I think this and is they're a, probably going to play Alabama again in a – Yeah in a uh, conference championship if, if that's the case. Yeah, so I'm going to take Tennessee. I like, really like what Hedden Hooker's doing right now. Alabama's had a lot of close calls. I don't think I think Bryce Young plays, but I don't think he's 100%, but I think they just need him to play this game. I'm going to take Tennessee. I like Hedden Hooker. Just a threat to throw the ball. Correct. But uh, and, and if Hedden Hooker, or if Bryce Young doesn't play, I'm taking Tennessee by a million. Um, but uh, I'm going to take Tennessee this game. Okay. At home helps too, and I hope it's a Hell of a checkerboard. Oh, it, it's it, that place is going to be rocking. You'd love to see this at six o'clock at night, but obviously CBS is going to get their get biggest my guy Vern on the call. Yeah, the CBS is going to get their biggest game. Is Vern even on the call anymore? He part time does stuff. I don't know if Vern. He, no, he part times. He does. It's it's not full time. I think he's retired. I want it. He did retire, but he does come back part time. He does. He does do stuff. This is a time. big enough game for Vern. I hope this is a big <laughs> enough game. This for is a Vern. big enough game for Vern. But I don't, I don't know. Game. I love Vern Lundquist. He's one of my favorite announcers. He's he's got a get him on the call. He's got a beautiful CBS voice. Make it happen. But yeah. Um, so we agree in this game. Tennessee with the points at home. Rocky Top taking Tennessee. Next one we have got Oklahoma State. At TCU, TCU favored by three and a half. What are you thinking? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the uh, underdog in this one. I'm going to take Oklahoma State plus three and three point five. Uh, we, you know, Oklahoma State was a game we featured a couple weeks ago against Baylor. Uh, Spencer Sanders, Spencer right? Sanders, he, yep. He's a good quarterback. He's been around for a long time. Uh, TCU is playing well. I think they are a good team, a top twenty-five, top twenty team. Uh, Sunny Dykes got the Horn Frogs going well in year one. Um, but I think that, you know, the, these lights might just be a little bit too big for TCU right now, even at home. I think Oklahoma State's going to win this game outright, and I get points. I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Damn it. I feel terrible saying this because I just prefaced this that you were just going to follow all my picks. Uh, Max Duggan is playing really well for TCU. He is. He is. The problem is, is everything that you just said, I agree with. 100% right. I think Oklahoma State's got the better defense, obviously. Defenses do travel. Um, I think they have enough on offense to potentially make TCU poor defense work against them. Um, so I'm taking Oklahoma State in this game as well. Getting points, I like that. So I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Um, I, I do think the three and a half is going to be really close. I think it's a one-score game. Um, but I'm thinking Oklahoma State... 
27-24. Well, and, and, the, and, and the other thing, too, Oklahoma State beat Baylor in Waco, so they've proven they can win in, in big road games. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Oklahoma State last year got a lot of talk, right? They got a lot of talk, got to the end. Well, they win the Big 12 championship. They might be in the they should football. they should be in the college football playoff if they win that game. Um, because did, were they coming into that game with just one loss? Yes, they or were ranked five. Were they undefeated at that time? Or was it one loss? I think loss? they had one loss. They had one loss. Okay. I like I said, Mike Gundy, the very good coach, he's figuring something out. I like Oklahoma State in this game. Next, we've got Wisconsin. At Michigan State, Wisconsin favored by seven and a half on the road. That's kind of scary, but Michigan State is not good at all. Michigan State last year was crazy. It was like Kenneth Walker was was this you know crazy lightning in the bottle running back, and now that he's gone, they they just have nothing. Like they are not good at all. I'm taking Wisconsin in this game. I would like six and a half. I, I, I think that would be perfect. Um, the fact that it's seven and a half, they got to score. They got to win by two scores. Um, I still am going to take Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm going to take Wisconsin as well. Uh, we saw a change last week. Nor uh, Michigan State isn't Northwestern bad, but they're dang close. Mel Tucker's taking $20 bills with his $90 million extension using his toilet paper. Uh, I'm going to take Wisconsin while Michigan State is not very good. Um, I hope they do. We, we talked about before how successful it was with play action. I hope we see Bobby Ingram on the, on the sidelines and you know, mixing the offense up again. But I'm going to take Wisconsin as well. Next we have USC at Utah. 7 p.m. kickoff. 7 p.m. And Utah is favored by 3.5. What do you got? This was a tough one for me. You know, I, I like Utah. I've talked about them for a while. Uh, you know, this game really depends which Caleb Williams shows up. You know, if we get the good Caleb Williams or we get the Caleb Williams that's going to go around and throw interceptions for three quarters. Uh, ultimately, it comes down to it. I'm going to take USC. Uh, I like them getting the points. I think this is a close game, but I like getting three and a half. I think USC team-wise overall is built better, and I think Lincoln Riley is a really good coach. He's got to figure stuff out defensively. But um, offensively, I think that they're going to be just fine. Uh, I'm going to take USC plus three and a half. So I have a, I have a question. So are you confused by this line a little bit? No, because this Utah is good and they're at home. Yeah, but okay, so Utah just came off the loss against um, UCLA. At right? UCLA. At UCLA. I totally understand. And Utah was favored by four and a half. So you're telling me that if... USC was going to UCLA. USC would be only a one-point favorite. If one-point favorite, yeah, UCLA is good. See, I just, I, I'm gonna agree with you. I feel like you give me three and a half in this game. I'm gonna take it. I think it's gonna be close. I'll take the points. Um, USC can run the ball. Obviously, Utah likes to, you know, in the trenches, likes to play defense, um, you know, takes pride in stopping the run. I don't know if they can stop Jordan Addison. And that, to me, is the game changer. So I have USC winning this game. Next, we have North Carolina State at Syracuse. Syracuse favored by three and a half. We just talked about North Carolina State. They play a lot of close games. I think there's a little bit of a luck running out for Syracuse. I'll take the three and a half points and take NC State. Yeah, I mean, this is another tough one. I mean, we just talked about how North Carolina State doesn't win pretty, uh, you know. But getting three and a half points, I've watched quite a few Syracuse's games here. I've, I've bet on them a couple times. They just, it, it's a weird offense over there. I mean, they're... What's your quarterback, Grayson? Garrett, Garrett Schrader. Garrett Schrader, okay. He's a mobile guy. He can move around. I, I, I just I don't know if I'm fully buying into the Syracuse hype beating a good team like this yet. Uh, so I'm going to take NC State. You're giving me points as well. It's, I, it's again, another, another weird line. 
It is. Uh, Syracuse, you know, they, they, they've played well this year, but you know, I, I, I think, think call it the I think, Dome anymore. I think NC State plus three and a half is, is the line to bet. I don't think they call it the Carrier Dome oh, anymore. I still do. I still call the Guardians the Indians. <laughs> Last one. Mississippi State at Kentucky. Mississippi State favored by six and a half. What do you got? Uh, I mean, Will Levis didn't play last week. That's huge for Kentucky. And they lost to South Carolina because of that. Because probably. of that. Uh, it's a big line, six and a half on the road. I'm going to take Mississippi State, though. I think, they're, I think they're really good. I think Mike Leach has a good thing going there. The father of the air raid. Uh, I've always liked Mike Leach. He, his offense is different, but he just wherever he goes, he wins. And I think that they had a... They, they killed a K.J. Jefferson-less Arkansas team last week, but that offense is cooking right now. I think they put up a lot of points. Uh, Kentucky's defense is good, but I think this is a 30-21. to 30 to 21. Uh, if, if Will Levis doesn't play, it's a 30-10 to 10 game. At, at Will Memphis. Levis, uh, SB Nation said a day ago, Will Levis returned to practice for Kentucky. Um, I think Kentucky's defense is good. I just don't know what you're going to get from Will Levis. With that fact, I'm going to take Mississippi State to cover. Um, I just, I can see Kentucky keeping this close, but I think it is a, uh, a front door cover and Mississippi State. They're just, up. they're too efficient offensively. They, they really are. They, he, he's, he does, he's such a good offensive They're player. secretly good defensively too, especially for an air raid team that you think about only offense. They're secretly good defensively. Yeah. Um, and I like that. So Trace and I are both going to go with Mississippi State on that game. Yeah, so send us your picks. Uh, again, you can send us to our Gmail, 2 Sports at gmail.com. You can send it to Michael and I. We'll get them, uh, get them written in here. To, just to wrap up college football here real quick, uh, just looking at the Heisman, uh, they're just what people are saying, what people are voting. Right now, C.J. Stroud's uh, the clear favorite. Uh, Hendon Hooker has kind of bumped himself up to the number two, I think, with a win against Alabama. He really solidifies himself getting closer to C.J. Stroud. Uh, DTR, UCLA, is really making a name for himself. They keep winning. He keeps playing well. Um, a defensive player, Will Anderson, for Alabama, is getting some talk. Won't ever happen. No. Um, but but guy, he's the best. Defensive player. Yeah. Uh, and then just some other people that have, have shown up. Max Duggan from TCU with them playing so well. Drake May from North Carolina, just because they score so many points. He puts up crazy numbers. He, he isn't, isn't going to win or anything. But And then uh, Blake Corum, Bijan Robinson, good running backs. Uh, and then... Yeah, I mean, that pretty much kind of wraps it up with, with names. Stetson Bennett's getting a little attention, but he's not going to do anything. He's not doing enough uh, these last couple of weeks. He, um, he, he isn't doing enough. I'm a little disappointed we didn't uh, pick the Duke-North Carolina game this week. No, that's, go Duke. That's, that's Duke. all I'm going to say. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jalen Daniels getting hurt kind of pushes him fully out of the conversation. Yeah. He, he wasn't ever going to get to New York or be, you know, be a legit name in the conversation, but was playing well, so... Yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun, you know, it was a fun story. Um, and he's young. He was supposed to redshirt last year. Yep. I was watching. He got thrown in the fire. Yeah, and won his first game. Won his first game against Texas, and has been the starter ever since. So he actually was supposed to redshirt last year. So he's he's young. Yeah, so that'll wrap up our college football and baseball episode here. Uh, again, you can send us your picks. We'll get them in there. Uh, get your name into the conversation here. See who wins at the end of the year. But, uh, yeah, wraps up college football. Go ahead and listen to our NFL episode next.